You're listening to the SIL Podcast, perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 62, Who's Got the Right Time? An Enigmatic Dimension. Movies, Back to the Future, The Time Traveler, Looper, Twelve Monkeys, The Time Traveler's Wife, all of these attempts to deal in some ways with the paradox of time travel. Yes, and much of our economy, much of our lifestyle is based on time. What time you got? Time to look at your watch. No time like the present. Time is money. I haven't got the time, I'm sorry. You're wasting time. So, time, we're talking about time. We're talking about TikTok, a talk about TikTok. Would you like a TikTok? <laughs> Tonks, I think I would. Okay, on with the show. On with the show, okay, well, time, what about time? What is it about time? Why are we so obsessed with time? Well, we've given it a certain royalty in our society. It's a preoccupation that we have, and we use time to measure everything Mm -hmm. between events, and so you use it as a reference point. You need a point from A to B to measure the speed of things. Everything we do is based on time. How would you watch the 6 o'clock news if you didn't have a 6 o'clock? Exactly. (laughs) But it's all man-made. We know that. Yeah, to a degree. Yes and no, because as we know, the sun does its thing. We revolve around the sun. The moon revolves around the earth. Uh, I wasn't meaning the actual things that have caused the creation of time. I'm talking about how we've actually manufactured it and named it seconds, minutes, and hours. Right. So that's artificial. Mm -hmm. We agree about that. And yet, our whole culture, to a degree, is artificial. Mm -hmm. We've created systems for most everything that we do. For point of reference, mainly. Yeah, for standardization, Mm -hmm. uh, for comparison purposes, to communicate to people at the same moment a certain idea, to have a meeting. Mm -hmm. We have created this system of measurement of time. Synchronizing. So that we can all, yeah, move through space to a certain point to experience something at the same moment. You just said the phrase move through space, which is interesting because Einstein's theory of relativity is based on space-time. That's right. He also said time is an illusion. Mm -hmm. It's from a point of reference. It's not not everyone experiences time the same way, depending on where you are in reference to the actual object or thing that's moving. That's right. And there's sort of quote-unquote real time or our measured time, and there's chronological Uh, psychological time, let's say. That's chronological time. Mm -hmm. So there's chronological time and there's psychological time. And subjectively speaking, we are always living in psychological time, inwardly. That's why you say time flies when you're having fun. I forgot the time. I was having so much fun. Or time takes forever when you're not. Yeah, yeah. So, and you have um, some quotes which you're going to access later or during mm -hmm. the program to these things that we're talking about. Yeah, so we have this obsession with time. And one of my thoughts about why we're so obsessed with it, mm-hmm. and this is a kind of a deep metaphysical one, okay. is that we are of the essence of time. We are actually made of the stuff of time itself. In layman's terms? Well, in layman's terms, think about your mind. Mm-hmm. 
and what it's alert to. Actually, think about a cat. Okay. When does a cat get alert? A cat gets alert when it sees a change in the environment. A, even the smallest of movement, mm-hmm. a cat can detect it, and it gets alert. Mm-hmm. Its ears go up. And same with our consciousness. Human consciousness is alert to change. Right. And whenever something changes, that is a measurement of time in a way. That's yes. what we recognize as the movement of time. Like time-lapse photography. Yeah. I mean, something moves through space, and it takes a certain amount of, quote, time, time. to move from A to B. And we recognize that, and we conceptualize it as something called time. We are of the essence of it, which is why it's an enigma to us, which is why we've given it the name of the fourth dimension, Mm -hmm. this mysterious fourth dimension that you can't see, really. Mm -hmm. It's kind of invisible, but it's there. We sense it. Yes. Young children, say, under the ages of three or four, they have no concept of time as we know it. Right. Their concept of time now or not now? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's always now. (laughs) Right. No, but that's how they associate time. Which is like an animal does, too. Again, if you, if you go to a cat or any other animal, you get a series of nows. Now I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thirsty. Now I need to hunt. Now I need to groom. Now I need to watch this. Now I need to move over there. It's all a series of immediate now moments and uh, taking care of the business of what's important right now. Without a right? watch or a clock. Mm-hmm. The cat isn't planning ahead. The cat is, in the moment, acting always as to its necessity right now. And speaking of which, you use the word planning. That's also a main or big reason behind the use of time is for the whole creation of a series of events. Yeah. That's how we plan. And, you know, we really didn't need to plan as we know it today as we know that word today, until the complexity of modern civilization came to be. Uh, Hunter-gatherer times, really, you only had to know when the sun and the moon came up and the conjunction of those as the seasons unfolded to plan when to hunt, when to plant, when to harvest, etc. Even simpler, that's how you slept. Mm-hmm. That's right. You went with the dusk and dawn. Circadian rhythms were the basic rhythms, you know. Mm -hmm. So we've messed up our circadian rhythms with electricity, with light shining at night, so that our whole sense of time and when it's time to rest, when it's time to be active, is all kind of mixed up. Yeah. And also you talked about uh, modern times, but really this also began... Two, three thousand years BC with the Sumerians, the Egyptians, mm-hmm. uh, the use of sundials. Right. Again, yeah. they were reference points. They were used for referencing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, really, it's only in the mid 1650s that the modern clock came into being. There was another version of a clock earlier, but our modern clock that we understand it. The mechanical. It, yeah, really came in around the middle of the 1600s. So. It's a relatively new thing, in a way, Mm -hmm. our connection with time. In our total time frame. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you look at the evolution of time, whenever you go into a museum or you read a book and you see this uh, time zones broken down from 50,000 BC to the present, everything moves from left to right. Yeah. In any case, it's kind of a linear Mm -hmm. flow. Milan Kundera, in his book, The Unbearable Lightness of Being, he says this, he says, And therein lies the whole of man's plight. Human time does not turn in a circle. It runs ahead in a straight line. That is why man cannot be happy. 
Happiness is the longing for repetition. Mm. It's very interesting. He's saying that we're happy when we recognize things, when things come back in a certain way that we're pleased with. And we're always seeking the same thing. Repetition. Which, yeah, which reinforces our happiness in that experience. But time is not interested in that, apparently. Time just keeps shooting forward along the highway into the future, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. and leaves our happiness behind. It doesn't care about our happiness, particularly. (laughs) Right. Right? So the nature of how we've thought about time has put it in a linear kind of form. But on the other hand, we know that time is cyclical, too. Seasons day and night. There's nothing linear about that. So I'm not sure why a lot of these writers and other people seem to obsess with the idea that time is this straight line, because time could easily be more malleable a substance than that. But you're talking about events within the context of time, not time itself. So these circular patterns that you're talking about, or these repetitive patterns like seasons and Mm -hmm, so on, mm -hmm. they are things in themselves which are only time referenced. I know what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. However, here's what I would say. Mm-hmm. What if we're not moving through time, but time is moving through us? Yep. Or what if time isn't moving at all? What mm-hmm. if time is an atmosphere of a certain kind mm-hmm. that lets us know of change, but it's not moving particularly? It's like what they say, the word is eternity. Right. Eternity is always present. Yes, that's a concept that scholars and scientists have been debating for centuries. And Buddhists. And Bu- <laughs> yeah. Who will tell you that there is and now only, us. <laughs> yeah, that there is only the now, which, exactly. which is the same as saying there is only eternity and mm-hmm. it's ever present in the now. Mm-hmm. So these concepts are getting metaphysical and spiritual and stuff, but it's very hard not to get floating off the ground when you're talking about the idea of time. Box, box. So, what's your story? We teach our children about time. We teach them important things like reading the clock. You actually think that's important? I'm going to teach you to read the clock. I'm going to teach you to read the time. Why? Why? Because it's important that you know the time. Why? Because how would you know when to get up to go to school? Mummy would make me. What if mummy wasn't there? You'd wake me. What if we both weren't there? Wouldn't go to school. (laughs) How would you know when breakfast was? I'd be hungry. Shut up! (laughs) Somebody came along to you and said, what time is it? And you didn't know, you'd feel stupid. Why doesn't he feel stupid? He didn't know. Fox, Fox. So, time and technology and your take on it. We're a society that is, I believe, under a great deal of stress with a lot of factors related to time and our concept of time and Mm -hmm. our fear of loss of time. People say, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. Or there's not enough time. That guy wouldn't even give me the time of day. Yeah, but we all have the exact same amount of time to do any given thing. Mm-hmm. Then you get into the question of not so much, at least from my perspective, not so much time, but time management. So assuming we all agree on this concept of time, that there are so many minutes or hours in a given day, then the issue then is no longer about whether there's enough time. It's about how you choose to 
use that time or prioritize that time. Yeah, it's also about our expectations. Mm -hmm. If we create this series of points in the day called minutes and seconds and hours, mm -hmm. and we make an appointment with someone for three o'clock, we expect that other person to take their planning as seriously as we do mm -hmm. and make sure they show up at that meeting at three o'clock. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's India or other countries, mm -hmm. that person may show up at four o'clock and it's perfectly normal. So the elasticity of our expectations yes. has to be considered, too, that we're very anal in the West about being on time. Precision. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is, is that when we discussed this earlier about the whole concept, you say, I'm going to meet you at the cafe at three o'clock. And let's say that for whatever reason, I'm not able to be there until 310. Okay. You How can dare you be yeah. 10 minutes late, but <laughs> well, carry on. You can choose to agonize <laughs> for 10 minutes. Or you can choose to use that 10 minutes to do something else and not be preoccupied sure. with my showing up, I've which is that. going to reduce your stress level. Oh, sure. I've had that experience in banks, for example, waiting in a long line, and there's only two tellers, and there's three wickets. Why isn't there a third teller in there? Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, mm -hmm. so fuming and fuming, and I caught myself, and I went, wait a minute, just stop, 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 stop. Just take a moment here mm -hmm. and realize that there may be a reason, quote unquote, why you're in this line and not at a teller right away. Maybe there's something you're supposed to notice about the lay of this bank or the person next to you. Maybe you're supposed to start up a conversation with someone and maybe there's something to be learned here. Mm -hmm. What I was referring to, it's an opportunity. So it's an opportunity yeah. to do something else to fill up that so-called time. Right. right. So if, while I'm waiting for you those 10 minutes, I can be doing something else. Yeah. Point is not to stress myself Right. over something which I have no control over. That's right. And in fact, the other thing too is, is that if you know that I think like that, it will also help you on the other end because you know that you're dealing with a person who thinks like that. So you're not going to be worried about trying to text message me while you're driving at 50K or 100K mm -hmm. right. because you think that an extra minute or two is going to cause a problem. Sure. I had a teacher once who, uh, whenever a student would say, Mr. So-and-so, I'm bored. He would say, you're not bored, you're boring. You're boring yourself. <laughs> exactly. Get busy, get active, do something, engage the world, and you won't be bored. Mm -hmm. yeah? And that's true of a lot of what we do. We often, in fact, turn to television. Passive. Or other passive media mm -hmm. when we're bored because it's exciting, it's entertaining, it takes our attention. We don't have to create anything. It's exactly. creating it for us. Mm -hmm. So we so-called waste time doing these things. And our life is ticking away. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Yeah, tick-tock. But that's another interesting phrase for me. You're wasting time. Says who? By what measure? The time god, of course. I mean, no, no, but I'm saying you, you might think what I'm doing is a waste of time, but I may not think that. Depends yeah. what my priorities are and what your priorities are, mm -hmm. right? Like, why are you wasting your time doing that when you could be doing this? Well, right. I could say the exact opposite. Why are you wasting time doing that when mm -hmm. you could be doing this? Well, you know, the time god, Kronos, mm -hmm. Supposedly, he... Uh, Where we get the word chronological. Form. Correct. Right. One of his attributes is that he eats his children. Wow. <laughs> so time devours... Devours. ...its children. That's an interesting metaphor, actually. And in a way, that's us. We are the children yes. of time, and we are devoured by time, these bodies. Mm -hmm. We watch them decay from the inside, 
And it's a fascinating process because our consciousness, which is not the body, although it's connected, yes. our consciousness doesn't feel necessarily like it's decaying at the same rate or even at all. And mm-hmm. so you meet people in their 90s whose bodies can barely function, but whose minds are whip smart and vital and young, etc., living in a different time frame yes. than our bodies. And there are cultures around the world who are living in a different time zone, mm-hmm. in a different era, if you like. Some cultures are still living in the 19th century, some earlier, and some in the modern age. So time is not, what I'm saying is it's not consistent across the planet. No, again, it's a man-made concept. Yeah. Nature and all things universe or universal yeah. are not guided by those same rules. And, you know, that's why people often seek out consciousness-altering substances, whether it's alcohol or mm. dope or whatever. It's to change, because when you take those substances, your sense of time... Speaking of which, because right now a big discussion is cannabis. Right? Yeah. If you remember your early years, your university years, or your late teens, early 20 years... I get flashbacks to know, those years. <laughs> right? Do you remember how your concept of time was completely thrown off? Completely different. It like changed. an hour seemed like 10, or two hours seemed like five minutes? Yeah, and it's, you know, after those experiences on the sober side of things, mm-hmm. and you think back on your experience, you go, wow, that was really powerful and unique. And why it was powerful and unique is that time itself seemed to have a different you altered substance it. to it. Yeah. You, it so, you somehow altered it. That's right. I became more aware of my own time substance, my own deep connection to time. Well, time was no longer the predominant factor of your experience. You were mm-hmm. actually experiencing, and then you were saying, oh, it seemed short or it seemed long. Time was an afterthought. Yeah. It was not the initiator. It was not the creator of your experience. It was an afterthought. Yeah. The experience you get engaging a great work of art is something that lifts you or can lift you out of time, out of our mundane sense of time and into a kind of eternal awareness of the larger facts of our life, of the universe. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of music and art that we experience is always given that term, timeless. Yeah, timelessness. Art can take us back in time. Music is a perfect time travel machine. Without diminishing your experience in any way. Yeah. What was the tune back in 1975 when you were just graduating university? Mm-hmm. comes back to you. Uh, for me, it was Moondance, Van Morrison's oh, Van Moondance. Morrison, Moondance. One of yeah. my first sort of big loves. Mm-hmm. That tune was the tune that bound us together in our innocent love. For me, it was My Girl, The Temptations. <laughs> my Girl! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. That's a good man. tune. So yeah, as a time-traveling machine, and of course, writers, artists... Filmmakers have been obsessed with creating work about time travel. And so you have movies, Back to the Future, The Time Traveler, Looper, 12 Monkeys, The Time Traveler's Wife, all of these attempts to deal in some ways with the paradox of time travel. Yes, and much of our economy, much of our lifestyle is based on time. This constant preoccupation, especially in Western culture, with planning for Mm -hmm. all this prep. You spend so much time worrying and thinking about things that you're missing 
everything in between sometimes. It's not that you shouldn't plan, but not be so preoccupied with something that's so far ahead. Yeah. It does alter the way you approach living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is from Dr. Seuss. How did it get so late so soon? It's night before it's afternoon. December is here before it's June. My goodness, how the time has flown. How did it get so late so soon? Good one. <laughs> the other cool quote is Jim Morrison. Listen to this, Jim Morrison. The future is uncertain, but the end is always near. Ah. That's really kind of a profound little statement. Especially for a man who left us at the age of 27. That's right. He didn't stay near for long. No, no. <laughs> he fled the scene. Here now, gone tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray Cummings, time is what keeps everything from happening at once. So people have talked about time, have written about time. H.G. Wells, The Time Machine, which was one of my first connections to the idea of time travel. And he went into the far future. He didn't go into the past, interestingly mm -hmm. enough. H.G. Wells decided as a writer to go into the deep, deep, deep future, thousands of years hence. The great prognosticator. And he meets this woman, Weena is her name. Weena. Weena. <laughs> <laughs> what you mentioned just now, too, is the entertainment industry's preoccupation with time. Yeah. So many movies uh, that have that subject matter as its basic theme. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned a few in our earlier discussions. Yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm. Planet of the Apes is a time travel film. Because yes, at is. the end of it, Charlie Heston looks up and he realizes he's in the future. Charlie Heston. Is he a friend of yours? Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> Chucky. Terminator. Arnold, I'll be back to the future. <laughs> well, there's an interesting concept. I'll be back to the future. And there's a very cool story by Isaac Asimov. Everybody mm. should read it. It's called A Sound of Thunder, and it's to do with the butterfly effect. And the butterfly effect is the idea that if you affect one thing on the planet here, it could affect something on the other side of the planet, right? Sure. And so what Asimov did was he created a story of this time travel agency that would take you back in time to trips to the past. Wasn't there a movie made about that with Kevin Bacon? There could have been. Okay. The story is they take these people back to the dinosaur age, and there's a kind of a platform that snakes through the landscape, and they tell people, you've got to stay on this platform. Do not step off this platform, no matter what you do. And of course, somebody along the way by accident slips and briefly has to step off the platform and then gets back on. Mm -hmm. And then they come back to the present, and when they come back to the present, the guy behind the counter has a Hitler mustache. He's speaking with an accent like this. Mm -hmm. And so it turns out that the Germans have won the war. And so the whole world is different. And it's all fascistic. All because the guy who stepped off the platform stepped on a butterfly uh -huh. back in the dinosaur. It changed the whole It sequence. changed the whole history of time and the planet as a result. It's a brilliant little story. It really is about the paradox of time. How can you go back in time and meet yourself, for example. Mm. Wouldn't you have remembered as a kid, remember meeting someone who claimed to be you? Right. It's like a form of deja vu. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of time, and yes. as we're kind of running out of time for this podcast, <laughs> you had a very good quote Yep. that I thought would be great to close this podcast on. But before we do that, okay. we should mention to people that we do have voice messaging capability on our website. That's right. At thesillpodcast.com. And that we welcome any and all comments. Take the time to comment on what you like, what you don't like, what you'd want to hear more about, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
But here's the quote that you're talking about mm. that we're going to end the podcast with. It's by someone named Henry Van Dyke. And he said or wrote, time is too slow for those who wait, too swift for those who fear, too long for those who grieve, too short for those who rejoice. But for those who love, time is eternity. Beautiful. Isn't that gorgeous? Great way to end it. The time is gone, the song is over, thought I'd something more to say. The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com. Thank you.